Welcome to Book in a Pint. In this episode, Michael and I are once again joined by epic fantasy author J.M.D. Reed to talk the launch of his newest series, role-playing games, and the important things. Like, where's your favorite place to write? Welcome to Book and a Pint with me, Michael Evan. And me, James Jacobs. So Clint sent me an email. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, it was, like, last week, and I, it was, like, right after we did our show. Okay. And he sent the email about how much we sucked and all that shit. Yeah, of course. Um, he sent me another email, and it was really, really simple. Um, he just said, are you guys ever going to bring back the guy that actually asked the smart question? <laughs> Fuck you, Clint. So... I mean, this guy is like a total bastard, but um, I thought about it after that. And I was like, you know, um, Reed, James Reed really uh, did come through, especially in that Steven Erickson interview um, yeah. with with asking some some because he's read all those books and I've not read all those books. Um, yeah, and, then, and then we brought him back for for Ellie Modisette because I thought mm -hmm. he might, uh, you know, delve a little bit deeper in his questioning. Um so I figured um, since he's doing a crazy thing and putting out a 12 book series uh, with a book released every three weeks, which seems totally insane. I mean, I'm the one that's putting it out. Yeah, so I, shouldn't, I, I should be all over it and for it and not think it's insane. But I'm sitting here going, how the fuck are we going to do that? <laughs> um, so but I thought it would be uh, I thought it would be cool after getting that that mail from Clint to bring James on and, and kind of talk to him a little bit about some some shit like some writing and uh, yeah. and his new series and some of his new characters and maybe ask him a few you know not yeah. so writerly questions i mean at this point reed's basically our third host so i'm more than happy to bring him on yeah so, i enjoy talking um, to him so so yeah i mean because i mean other than that like i don't i don't have much else uh to say oh um not really true um i we were talking yesterday about a possible rebranding of your yeah I was, we had a really good like uh conversation yesterday i i really appreciated it so um like spill it a little bit for uh yeah so uh you and i have talked about this like in the past but you kind of just messaged me out of the blue last night just kind of to like remind me like hey are you, you going to be doing this uh so the plan was that uh, my so currently they exist as sort of like my main series my jack bloodfist books and then like what well, anytime i pitch them they're like it's a sort of sequel sort of spin-off uh the broken redemption books which are about uh jack's uh, little half-orc niece and the paladin that once tried to kill her is now her guardian. And they're kind of working their way through this like D&D inspired world. Um, and we've been discussing for a while just a way to kind of like merge those two series into a single series. Uh, so I've been working with my partner, who is an incredible graphic designer, uh, and we've been figuring out like new cover designs, which we've talked about, I think, in last week's episode and before that. Uh, and so I'm finding we're figuring out how to like get both series to kind of have a unique, a distinct look that matches everything. And then we're going to be probably putting out a, a box set here this year sometime, hopefully in the next few months. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then the it's just gonna be my focus is just gonna be to shit out the last of that series as quickly as like shit, but in good quality <laughs> <laughs> to finish the series yeah. quickly, uh, and then just kind of get it out there so everyone can enjoy it finally. 
I need I need a new salesman for some of my shit. Can I bring you on? Sure. <laughs> um, uh, no, seriously, no. It's it's. I thought that was a really cool idea because in reading this series, um, because of your of of the way that that it was released, mm-hmm. it's kind of bizarre because you you find yeah. out you find out what happened to a character. Like you read about a character and this this major thing has obviously happened, but then the Jack book that came out afterwards actually is the book that explains how that actually happens. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about um, how cool it would be if everything happened, like the Jack book, some books like focused on Jack and some focused on the other character, but mm-hmm. they all kind of intermingled and there would be, you know, like you mentioned cameo appearances and they're going to show up in each other's books later on yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and just how awesome that would be because, you know, there's Malazan books where, you know, you have entire books that are taking place like in a different continent, focusing on other characters. And you don't even like get to see your other favorite character until like three books later. Which is one reason I want to get the whole series written quickly. So, because I know what happens for some readers when they don't get to see their favorite character for a couple books, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So so if it's there for them available, they can go for it. But Anyway, that's... That's really cool. And uh, I like the idea of uh, finally, you know, having a, a like a big meaty product of your stuff rebranded out there that will sort of be able to sit there for a while and attract a whole bunch of new readers in the promotion. And then after yeah. that, like right on its heels, you'll you'll be able to have the time to start putting out new stuff. Yeah, I need to start selling more books. The, the day job's getting in the way. So buy my books, everybody, please. I'm sure that'll happen. Yeah. All right. So um, we're going to call. Um, I, that's really it. I thought that was a cool thing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, but we're going to call uh, James Reed, JMD Reed. Um, yep. I should say we can call him James. Um, yeah. I, I'm, no one has to say my name. It's fine. <laughs> and um, we will uh, we will ask him some questions. Yeah. yeah that's pretty one. We are back with uh, JMD Reed, uh, apparently the guy that asks the smart questions. Um, apparently. We, yeah, we had some guy saying, are you ever going to bring the guy that asked the smart questions back? And I, I figure <laughs> I figure they were talking about you. Oh, that's, that's nice to know. Uh, I guess I'm glad I, I asked him smart questions from time to time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I do have to um, say in our defense, we do go out of our way to ask dumb questions of our guests. It doesn't, doesn't feel very fair. You do ask smart questions, though. I'm not in no way taking away from that. I just need to defend myself a little bit. Sure, sure. So um, James has a, uh, a very ambitious project um, coming out beginning February 21st called Shadow of the Dragons. It's a 12-book, crazy, epic, fa- high epic fantasy series with, um, well tons of magic and dragons and cool uh, ethereal creatures and uh, a little bit of romance and uh, great characters. It's kind of got it all. It's uh, it's really good. I've read uh, four and a half of them at this point. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, but first, uh, James is going to ask you some, some other questions just to kick this thing off. Sure thing. Yeah, so... We've had you on before a lot. I, I call you our third host because you're on enough and we love having you on. So I, I, I took me a while to find the questions I haven't asked you yet. 
Um, so this next year, I want to try to be a little more positive in uh, the, the questions I ask our guests, try to keep things, you know, in a happier place. So James Reed, what is it that makes you smile in the morning or any, whenever you s- wake up? Yeah. What's that thing that gives you the strength to get through the day? It makes you happy. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, you know, sometimes waking up, it's, uh, that sucks. I don't want to wake up. I want to go back to bed, but, um, I, I like to start writing first thing in the morning. Um, yeah, just like there in bed, I'll just grab my laptop and just start doing my, my first writing of the day within about, um, 10 minutes of waking up. And, uh, yeah. So really just long enough to like, uh, you know, use the restroom and then go do some writing. And I don't know. That makes me happy. I like writing. It makes me, I don't know. It gets me through the day. Respect that. So are you the kind of writer then that can just sort of write anywhere? Yes. To have um, your laptop. If you're just downtime, you just pull it out and start writing. Yeah, that's how uh, that's how I started writing back when I had my day job, which um, I was a, a paratransit shuttle driver for Pierce Transit here okay. in, uh, in Pierce County to see just how creative the name was. And um, so my job was to drive uh, people who were either physically or mentally disabled and couldn't ride the regular bus on their own. And because of the American with Disabilities Act, the transit service had to provide an alternative means for them uh, to get around. And so that's where a paratransit shuttle. So if you lived within three quarters of a mile of a bus stop, you were in the zone. You can go to within three quarters of a mile of a bus stop. And you uh, so that's what I did. I spent my day uh, just driving people around. And uh, it was the sort of job that you never like I never had a set schedule. I never had a there's not a route because it's. They have to kind of create the routes every day, right? The night before, right? They go, so people can book up till, I believe, 5 p.m. the day before. And then after that, you know, they they create the routes for the, uh, uh, you know, the 100 and odd shuttles that are going to be driving throughout the day. That's So those 100 and odd routes, um, the shuttles, there's actually less shuttles than that because drivers who go off, because it's all day, like it starts at like, four in the morning and it goes to like 10 o'clock at night. So there's drivers that are working mornings and getting off and their shuttles are getting sent back out with someone else. But okay, it left weird downtime, like where I might have five minutes here. I might have 30 minutes. I might have hours. So I just like would pull out my laptop and just like write whenever I had some downtime when I first uh, got into writing really. And so I just had to learn, like, you know, just sit there on my driver's seat with my laptop sort of wedged between me and the steering wheel and just sort of, right wherever i was at have you awesome. ever written on your have you ever written on your phone before i have written on a kindle fire tablet which is pretty small and i don't like doing it because of autocorrect <laughs> yeah, that's i have a scrivener on my phone uh, and i think the big the longest book i've ever written i actually finished mid shit it was actually pretty great <laughs> okay uh no but like uh, i don't like writing on them if i can avoid it I like having a keyboard. That's fair. But, yeah, the um, keyboard, is the, the the feeling, the tactile feeling of typing definitely makes a difference. Like I have definitely, um, I've written like on the subway in Japan on my Kindle. Um, that's probably the most fun place I've written anything on a Kindle before. Just um, in Tokyo, riding around on the subway. How long were you in Japan for? Um, I've gone, I've been there twice. Both times were a little under two. Okay. Plus, I was born I, there, so I lived there for like two years. And I was like, Baby, oh, and don't remember awesome. any of it. Okay. Yeah, I, I went in 2019. That was almost the last time I went. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah, I spent a week in Tokyo, a week in Osaka. I freaking loved it. I missed Japan. We were, okay. uh, uh, so 2020, March 2020, we were me and my friends were going to go to Japan, and we were going to go to Osaka this time. Yeah. And literally, I went to bed, and Japan was open, and I woke up, and they were going to quarantine Americans for 10 days when I woke yeah. up. And it was five hours before my flight, and we had to cancel. Yeah, I was planning because I had a goal to to travel every year to leave the country just once a year. 2019, I went to Japan. I forget where we were going 2020, but I had like high aspirations. And yeah, it's been what, two years now? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we we went a little later. We we used the first two times we went earlier in March, but this time we went at the end of March. Oh, okay. You know, that was a mistake. If we had just went even, like I said, if if Japan had just delayed their announcement like by 12 hours, it would have been too late. We would have been on the plane. And then and you see, would have been like, trapped there, which would have been no, great. The quarant- Here's the weird part. The quarantine didn't go into effect until like three days after we were in country. And oh, we okay. honestly didn't know what that meant for us. So like, did were we there for like three days and we had to quarantine? And um, from what I've heard of the Japanese quarantine, it's not great. Is it not great? I mean, they're like, if you can get everything are so small. Yeah. Yeah, the hotel rooms are tiny. Like, uh, yeah, we we Airbnb'd and did a couple apartments, and the apartments were smaller than some hotel rooms I've been in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So. Like, um, they're called the uh, they're called one DK apartments. Yeah, yeah, one dining kitchen. Yeah. yeah, one room dining room kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen's yeah. usually just the hallway between the bedroom and the bathroom too. So. Yeah, no, my friend, she lived in a condo, and it was a little. It was a. It was not actually that small, but. Like her bathroom is tiny and like the sink is built into the top of the toilet. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, that's just how. But you know they had a they had a bathtub and like because the Japanese love their bathtub, so they're like yeah. you know what we'll just we'll scrimp on the this toilet sink and then we'll have a nice more space for the bathtub. My goal in life is to have a Japanese style bathroom. That is the best bath I've had in my life. Yeah, they're uh, they're great. You have, They've mastered it. Yeah. Love yeah, the bath. like the entire. The entire thing is tiled. You can get it all wet because it's supposed to. Like, well, then you, you just know. hit the button and it turns the dryer on for you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump okay, in sure. and ask the question. That, <laughs> Sorry, uh, my turn. Yeah, I'm still here, guys. <laughs> no, yeah, it's okay. We're talking about I'm going gonna, to jump in and ask the dieters question. How's the food? The food in Japan is just amazing. Yeah. I'm, like everywhere you go is amazing food. Um, Like from like street vendors selling like yakitori or... Uh, Yakitori, that's just grilled meat on a let's like a shish kebab. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I enjoy um, yeah. Japanese food. I just don't know if, if I'm eating authentic Japanese food when I eat it. Yeah, no, it's um, you'll find a little more. They tend to use more parts of the chicken than we do in America. Yeah, right. and so you'll see that you'll see a lot of like um parts of the chicken that you don't eat in the West. But other than that, it's actually really, it's you know you can find that authentic stuff here in the states. Definitely. Nice. Um, so, did you have any other questions? Um, I, th- I feel like I took a lot of time talking about Japan. Actually, I do have a question. I'd just be- I'll get the non-writing questions out of the way first. The last couple episodes you've been on with us, you've ended up talking about like D and D and tabletop gaming. Is that something you still manage to do to get yeah, time in? I play I play once a month over Discord and Roll D twenty. With a writer friend in her group. Um, in fact, we just played on Saturday. Oh hell yeah! Okay. Um, so yeah, we play every four weeks. Um, yeah, so it's it's different. Um, but yeah, it uh, 
What's uh, race and class do you play? I am playing a human cleric of the maker. We're playing in. Uh, she she really likes Dragon Age, so she's just copied Dragon Age Inquisition for her. Campaign. Sure, that's fair. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, and so I'm playing a human cleric of the maker. I like playing clerics, and they didn't have one, so okay. Yeah, clerics are fun. Mm-hmm. If you play them right. Yeah, no, I I took the Lord Domain, so I'm we're playing 3.5 by the way, so we're not playing. Okay, so you're fancy. playing the game where if you try, you can really break it. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not playing some broken first edition here, but you know, 3.5 you can do some fun things with. Yeah, yeah. I came into D and D in fourth edition, so I never got 3.5, but my DM missed 3.5, so I bought him Pathfinder to try and like appease him. Yeah, well, don't play like Pathfinder 2.0 because Pathfinder 2.0 is garbage from what I've heard. Actually, it's like... I, I I don't mind it. I actually uh, uh, got the whole bundle on a, a humble bundle. Okay. I actually like the way the, the leveling up is really interesting. It's based all around feats, okay. but you get yeah, both like class and racial feats, which I I actually really appreciate. Yeah, because Pathfinder is like 3.75, right? It's yeah, they basically... didn't like fours because they used to just make um, four is. Or yeah, I played four. I started I with four, so like it. I didn't know. Don't miss it. Yeah, there are things I do miss about it. I like the minion system. Yeah, there's I'll, that. I'll, there's stuff I'll steal, but yeah, no, like I, the move to five was definitely the right choice. Well, but I've seen played... stuff with three point five, so I I know I can't handle it. If there's too much going on, it's too crunchy for me. It's so crunchy, it's yeah. very crunchy. Right. right. Anyway, so, Michael, go ahead. Yeah. So. um I want to I want to talk to you about your books because that's sure. uh, that's why we're here. That's yeah. So um, Shadow of the Dragon, um, Shadow of the Dragons, I should say, uh, yeah. twelve books. Um, I, I found out well, I found out the same time you did um, when I talked to Jeff, my partner, that the rollout plan for these twelve books is uh, a book every three weeks. How do you feel yeah, about? I thought that? it was. Oh, I thought I was going to even think it was a month and I'm like, OK. And so I've been a little lazy on kind of doing rewrites and editing on on the books. Now I'm kind of regretting that because now we're now I'm feeling the, the crunch. But um, it should be good. I'm working on book six right now and book five is with editor. So um, we should get it all done by October because uh, it's all at least it's all written. All the covers are done. So just got to make them pretty. Right. So. um. Shadow of the Dragons is probably, um, I mean, well, you, I mean, the storm below is is definitely, I would call it like military high fantasy. Um, no. but those are really big, thick books. Like, oh, some of them are like over two hundred thousand word books. Um, yeah. and it's five of them. Um, I'd say it's a little bit more adult. This might be somewhat more uh, coming of age, although it does still uh, have some adult, uh, more adult sort of content in it um yeah definitely this one's more like like above the storm or the storm below that might be like you know 18 or older and like shadow the dragon you can maybe like 15 you know so start a high school or whatever right so tell our listening community um about this series because i think it's amazing i have read you know as much as i'm able to read at this point uh, as I read through the series and I've been dropping reviews on the books and um, and it's been fantastic. Actually, um, my biggest compliment uh, about the first three books is book three was so intense and so climactic that it was it. You know, you come to the end of it, you feel like you've really read, you know, the end of something major. And then 
after that, you realize, wow, there's still uh, nine books left. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe that. Um, so tell our community a little bit about this series and what they can get into in, in this uh, in these 12 books if they sink their teeth into them. Well, I had an idea many years ago. Um, what if there was this kid and there was this girl he liked and her this girl had an abusive father? What if that abusive father just happened to be an evil dark wizard? And when the boy tries to intervene, things don't go well because evil dark wizard, right? And so that idea had been kicking around in my head for a long time. And so I wanted to then kind of um, do a sort of a fantasy quest series, travel around the world, have dragons. And I realized like I needed uh, kind of a good reason to have my characters go traveling the world. And I kind of realized that the story idea I had of, you know, young boy rescuing the girl he likes and going off on an adventure after you know dealing with her evil dark wizard father was just perfect so that's kind of where the kernel for shadow of the dragons is and so our our boy is yudon he is just on the cusp of manhood right he's a uh, on that transition between boy and man and he's he's got that sort of recklessness that you can only have when you're like 18 uh an 18 year old guy right you you kind of think nothing is going to ever go wrong for you so you can just do any dumb thing you want right like i i remember when i was 18 i did some dumb things <laughs> didn't think about consequences so that's Yudin. he's uh he just wants to like you know protect the people he likes he's his mother you know and then voni who's our girl who is being um abused by her father for a ritual sacrifice that is sort of the um inciting incident of the story and so Evil dark wizard father goes to sacrifice Voni to put a soul of one of the long extinct dragons into her. And our our boy Yudan, he just mucks it up. He goes in, he's like, nah, I gotta I gotta go, you know, save the day, right? He wants to be a hero. He's grown up on all those stories of these heroic people from like the Dragon Wars three thousand years ago. You know, uh, especially um, his hero, whose name eludes me at the moment, Ishin Stonetooth. There it is. So he wants to be just like him. So he goes, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to finally, you know, stop being afraid of her father that, you know, has the entire village terrified because evil dark wizard, right? And uh, things, you know, kind of don't go to plan. He stops the ritual partly, but it, it leaves Voni with the soul of this ancient dragon named Lady uh, Petrification stuck in her that wants to take over her body. And um, so he, he saves her, but... Her father was working for this cabal called the apostasy and they're wondering you know why hasn't their boy checked in and told them how the ritual went so they send uh tasha ruan uh, she is a young woman she's a warrior wizard she's very much believes in the cause they are going to save the world they're going to free the dragons from their imprisonment by the false gods right and they're uh so she's come here to find out what went wrong and that leads to Yudin and Voni fleeing for their lives into the dark woods, being chased, sort of going on their like journey of like crossing from children into adulthood as they go on this journey to try to figure out what's going on. Why is there this dragon in her? How do they get it out? You know, how do they just survive? You know, because Tasha Ruin, she's very confident. She's not going to let them get away without a fight. And so that's kind of the whole story of it. And that's going to take us on sort of an epic journey across this very vast world that's that's very much scarred by this war from 3,000 years ago. So there's a lot of crazy stuff. There's mountains that echo your own thoughts back at you and those of others. 
Um, they're like monsters that are born out of ruptured magic that has just sort of blighted the land. There's there's various races. There's I'm very proud of my plant race. The uh, I call them the shrubbin, but they're they're kind of they're like plant people. I really like them. Uh, I'm very much like how their culture works, but you won't meet one of them until book two, sadly. And uh, but yeah, so it's just a it's a great quest. We're gonna get dragons eventually. If you've seen the covers, you you might see that there's dragons all over the later book covers. So just a tiny spoiler for those dragon fans, there will be dragons and they will be flying around and we'll be doing cool stuff. Awesome. Um, Lumi is a really unique part of uh, of the series. Uh, there's a, a character called Lumi. Um, I think she's. I, I think people. I think I think Lumi and Nettles like kind of. I mean, they start off kind of as like the. Um, the familiar characters. Yeah, they're like the little mascot I think, characters. I yeah. think people are gonna love them. So why don't you talk uh, I, a little bit about them? All right, so we'll start with Nettles first, which was by the way named by my my fans in my readers group. Um, I think like two years ago, or I kind of like asked for help to name them, and Nettles was one of the suggestions. But and uh, Nettles is a thorny cat, so just a cat, but made of like a but a, made of a, like out of a plant, right? So she's she's purged, but she also has thorns on her, you know, right? And if she doesn't like you, she'll prick you. She's um she's Voni's pet, so mostly Nettles just is there to play around and act cute and or annoying as a cat will. Um, but uh, Lumi, on the other hand, she's very much central to the plot. She is this mysterious glowing fox made of blue light that Yudin finds, um, I think maybe at the end of chapter one even. Like so, it's right there at the beginning of the story. He when he goes into the dark woods to find this cure for his mother's illness. The dark woods is a place that like monsters come out at night. There's this whole ward of glowing stones that protect the village where he's from from the things in there. This is not a place you go, but it's also the only place you can get the the rare herb to save his mother. So he's going, right? So he goes in there and he meets a strange shadowy being that points him towards the scared little fox made of blue light and that is Lumi and uh for whatever reason he's been given to her and that's one of the mysteries of the show or the show this the book series who Lumi is but yeah she's uh so she's kind of there she has a uh, she light she can sort of bolster your resolve you know help you out when you're facing fear you know she can be just I don't know she's just <laughs> cute and adorable but she's uh she's very important to the series and uh, who and what she is and why she was handed over to you and is very much uh, central to it. But yeah, she's a really great character. My editor really loves her um, as she kind of progresses and changes over the course of the series. I won't say more than that, but she's there's more to her and there's and she'll discover as you read the book. Nice. I have a favorite character who I've I've told you about. I don't know. Is it possible to talk about Zai? Or Zay, sure. I don't know how you pronounce it. Your pronunciations are always different than what I, I think. That's what I gonna think be. her name is pronounced. Yeah, I, I pronounce her as Zai. Zai, that's what I was saying too. So is it possible that, because I think Zai is, is a, a character, she comes in in book two, right? Yeah, she comes in at the end of book two, but she's um she's like a, she's like her little thing is sort of separate from what's going on until they meet up. So I don't really, th- it's not really a spoiler to talk about Zai. Right. Like I've even read her her intro chapter on like live streams and stuff. Yeah, like I think the thing that's fascinating about Zai from a from a character standpoint and also just like a a unique narrative standpoint is the magic that she has and how it works and how you 
um, write that and, and the prose that you use and the different perspectives that you use to write that magic? Yes. Um, Zai is a young woman who can see the future and she can see um, like so basically the way the sorcery works in this world is like every there's 15 different types of sorceries and the more you do the more power it burns so it's sort of like a, a logarithmic scale so doing something very small you can do indefinitely but doing something really big you burn through your power in seconds um and so hers is revelation so she can see into the future generally she uses it to see about a few seconds into the future so she can just like not trip and fall or break her neck she can do like dumb things that would get you killed unless you could see the future and know that you're not going to get killed doing it right so that's kind of just what Zaya is. so she's kind of very much a sort of very carefree person she doesn't worry about things because she sees the future and she's seen the future and that future is that she's going to marry uh yudan so she doesn't even know him she's never met him doesn't know why he's traveling she just knows that if she's at a certain place uh at a certain time she's going to meet him and that's important and so that's kind of where we meet her at the start of her story that she's going off on her fun little adventure uh very much uh full of childlike innocence all of us she doesn't really understand what she's getting into she doesn't really understand the pitfalls of her powers and the traps that can uh await for her because she's lived kind of a pretty sheltered life in the city and uh so she's fun because she uh lets me break She's always someone I have to consider, like, how 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 is Zai going to look into the future and how will that change what's going to happen? So she definitely makes things challenging on plotting because I always have to uh, ask myself, why didn't Zai look into the future and see this, you know, um, or if she did, like, so it can, I don't know, it changes conversations. She, she cheats to get information because she just sees into the future and figures out what you're going to tell. That she'll just spoil your news. Because she's kind of that person. She'll be the person that tells you, like, the last, like, she'll tell you, like, about the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones when you sit down <laughs> to watch episode one. That's, that's, I think that's kind of her. And she's oh, also man. got this, like, reserve of, of, um, of power. So there's, when she uses yeah. too much of it, it depletes. So then she's only able to look, like, you know, maybe a few seconds into the future until she gets her reserve yeah. back, right? So that's one of the balancing things that she has to sort of start to balance is, um, because seeing like three seconds in the future, that's not going to do much to save your life, right? That's going to like keep you from like knowing if you jump off something, you'll feel break your leg. But it's not going to like, you know, you walk into an ambush. It's really not that much warning to stop like major things. So she, she's always balancing like seeing how far into the future, and the farther she sees into the future to kind of be useful. It she burns your power, so then she starts having to manage her powers and stuff. So that's kind of like one of her trade-offs. It's kind of like the maturity to not use her power is actually one of the things that's kind of on her character goal, right? Is, uh, yeah, she has to learn when to use it, when, how to use it, what the pitfalls to her powers are that she, that um, her father tries to tell her about, but she's, you know, doesn't listen. But she's, you know, she's like right there. Uh, she's, you know, a young woman. She's, uh, she thinks she knows everything. So yeah, she's fun. I like her. She is, she's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, no, for sure. She's amazing. Um, Another thing I loved, which I, I touched on briefly um, when I was kind of doing the intro, is um, the, well, at least in the first few books, the battles um, and the, um, I guess, the dragon souls, because they're not like fully dragons um, at this point. But um, some of them are just terrifying. And 
the battles, like literally, um, like I was at the edge of my seat when I was reading and I rarely, um, I'm a little bit jaded when I read cause I've read so much. Um, but the, the, the battles were so intense. Um, what was your, your inspiration, I guess, when you were, um, this is one of the things I love that you do, by the way. And again, the reason why I contacted you about Alehouse Wars in the first place is, uh, your choreographed fight scenes and, uh, especially aerial stuff. And there's a lot of that. Um, what was your, your, um, I guess your inspiration or what were you trying to achieve when, when you wrote those scenes? Cause they were incredible. Um, I guess I was kind of trying to treat them like, I guess, like a dog fight between airplanes. I think uh, for the aerial fights, right, you know, you gotta, it's, it's a lot of it's about maneuvering in the three-dimensional space and trying to get an advantage over your opponent. Um, that's kind of what you do in a dog fight, right? So, yeah, so that's kind of just how I, I thought about it. It's kind of like World War II dog fighting, I guess, is kind of that sort of idea. Cool. So, um, yeah, so Shadow of the Dragon uh, is coming out. Uh, the first uh, book, Foundation of Courage, will be available. Um, I, I think the paperback is going to be available sooner. Um, I'm hoping. Uh, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the ebook will be available on February 21st. And then three weeks later uh, will be uh, book two. Yeah, so, uh, Lady Shadows Ire. Um, Lady Shadows fun. She's uh, she's one of our bad guys. Yeah, well, she was awesome, and she's actually the one that I was referring to. Um, it's always touch. It's always like you know, people are gonna read these books, and I don't want to give too much away um, when they haven't come out yet. But she's definitely um, she was definitely like a real like a, a pretty evil character. Yeah, she's um, she has a. She embodies, so I kind of, so I wanted to kind of do like the elements, but I kind of wanted to do them a little weird. So I have six elements, which are flesh, blood, warmth, breath, uh, illumination, negation. And Lady, Lady Shadow is negation. So she's very much like, she's very much drinking in the power that is entropy. So destruction, death, these are just what she breathes. This is just who she is. She's like the avatar of of uh, the end of the universe, right? Because everything breaks, everything dies, everything decays, right? She was uh, she was the first, and she'll be the last kind of deal. Is kind of how she sees the world, as definitely as you'll see um, as the series progresses. Cool. Well, hope it does really well. Obviously, we're putting yeah, it out. Hopefully, so we, hope it does. <laughs> yeah. we we obviously hope it does really well. But even if we weren't, I um. I think it's it's exceptional, um, and it's uh, it, it's a it's, it's exciting and it's uh, a page turner. So I think that uh, and there's you know the thing that I I, I always talk about um, when I talk about fantasy series is um, there are so many you know series that are are you know even from you know major um, you know traditional traditionally published mega bestsellers uh, and the authors just haven't finished the series as we know. Um, and this series is finished. It's 12 books, and they will all be out this year, which is something I think that's a big selling point to a lot of people that want to get into a new series. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I think it's just over a million words of fantasy. They're all written. They're not all edited. There's that, but they are all written, and uh, they definitely will be all coming out this year. 
between uh, February and October. So it's going to be bonkers. That's awesome. Hey, before we move on from that series, I kind of want to ask you sort of a craft question. Um, How, at what point in the process did you settle on there being 12 volumes? Like I'm assuming Uh, you outline considering how quickly you write, I have to assume you outline. Sure. I finished books. So I knew it was going to be a long series. I kind of thought somewhere around 10 when I was starting. Um, but then uh, just we kind of wanted to make sure like we had a series I could break down into box sets just for sort of marketing reasons mm-hmm. and sellability. Right. People like their box sets. Yeah. And so um, like doing being able to break it down to collections of three book box sets was something that we wanted to do. And I was like, I can't do it in nine. That's no way. Nine's not going to. It's too much story for nine. And I was like, 12 seems probably where it's going to end up anyways and um so after i wrote book six i sort of made a list of um because by the time i got to book six i kind of actually knew the i kind of knew the ending by that point i knew the ending i knew kind of like where it was going um and how it was going to kind of resolve by then because i sort of didn't know when i started out like i knew i definitely knew where it was going to end and i knew what the sort of consequences of it ending were going to be but like um, there was just some, in the middle. Yeah, there was. The, and so I kind of had I had like an idea of like what needed to be done. I mean, obviously, um, like Ruan, Tasha Ruan's opening chapter in book one, she's hunting for one of the things they need to get their hands on to be able to. This is one of the bad things that bad guys need to do to create their ultimate plan, which is um, to return to paradise, which is sort of the, the lost land at the center of the world that's hidden behind what's called the eternal girl. And no one's been there in 3,000 years. It's where all life began, and the Dragon Wars kind of half destroyed it uh, as the dragons and the gods fought 3,000 years ago. And then it's been lost ever since. And one of the things they need to do for their plan to restore the dragons is they need to get to there. And as the heroes eventually learned for their goals, for what they want to accomplish, uh, they also have to get there. So I knew that from the very beginning, and I knew that uh, this place called the Blighted, the Blighted Woods, was someplace I was eventually going to have to go, uh, which we don't even go there until like book 10. But I knew it. So I knew some stuff. But after I wrote book six, I sat down and I, I kind of just put a spreadsheet. And I was like, these are the things I need to get done to end the series, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like all the building blocks. And so I just like, okay, we'll do this in this book. And like, I, I, I've been writing towards a place, right? And I've known like, if you if you read book two, You'll see I set up like having a ship captain be in place for my characters in book eight when they eventually get to the other side of the world. So like I, I definitely knew that they were going this place, right? And that they'd eventually need this stuff. So I just sort of set it down. I was like, this in book I'll do this in book seven, this in book eight, this in book nine, this in book ten, this in book eleven, and then book twelve, we bring this bad boy home. And um it kind of worked, it mostly worked. Um Book nine's ending actually got shoved into book ten because they just it was too big to uh, fit in book nine, which worked out well because um, if I kept that in book ten, I really I wouldn't like book I would have had to truncate it, or okay. book ten would be obscenely long. Like book ten would be like like fifty percent as long. Like so like all the books would be like pretty much the same size, and you'd have a really big fat book nine, <laughs> and then probably book eleven <laughs> would have been where it ended. Okay. And so I was like, yeah, no, it just didn't work. 
there was just too much happening in book nine. And I found a better ending for book nine that helped me with some of the other plot stuff I needed to set up anyways. Uh, and I really like the ending for book nine. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I really do like it. It's powerful stuff. And, um, and then that let me take my time with book 10 and that event, um, which is depicted on the cover of book 10. And, uh, and then, um, yeah, but no, it all kind of, it all worked out. Uh, book 12 actually, I think is the shortest of all the books by just a bit. It's it and book one are other shortest. And, um, but yeah, I just, it did work out. I was a little worried as I was in book 10 that I wasn't being going to be able to have enough material for 12 books, but, uh, yeah, it all worked out. Yeah. I mean, I've been impressed just watching the whole process. Just every time I see a new book cover pop up, blown away that you finished 12 books so quickly. And I'm excited to get them. Uh, so there's the the box set was sort of your your reasoning behind having 12 books. Yeah, and I, I like I do, and just me personally, I like I like I like the idea of just having it being able to break up into like yeah. four or three book box sets, and then maybe one day like two six books box sets, like you know, I sort of like to re-release it to new readers as like an even bigger you know box set. So yeah. so in sort of the same vein. Um, how obviously they're not standalone this you need to read all 12 but like how cliffhangery are the endings um i don't or, or does each cliff- one sort of have a satisfying like okay i can take I a breath i did not away. i don't believe i cliffhanged any of them okay I like uh, I, yeah, like each one's one a good stopping point until the next each, one's ready it's it felt like it each one each book had a goal in mind that it was building towards and that goal is just one step in a larger story but they all have, were, they all build towards a climax, right. and a climax that has stakes and changes. And but no, I don't. I really don't think I left any. No, I didn't cliffhang anyone. Yeah, um, no, I think that they um, book four really starts like a new like a new story, like not a new story, but um, book three is is extremely climactic at the end, um, and book four in general is a little bit more. Um, uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say, like, you know, the the books, um, you know, it's kind of a eight, nine, eight, nine and ten of Wheel of Time or whatever. Um, but but probably a little bit more of a slow burn and, and a character based um, thing than um, than book three, which is like tons of fighting and like really amazing, like gripping edge of your seat stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't. Book three I, is kind of like. Like the first three books all kind of build towards the end of book three for character arcs and for like early character arcs and they're like it's their first goal. So like their first goal that that Yudin has is an idea of how to how to save Voni is to get to this place called uh Vudmine Hindu, this blessed lake in these in the horde lands. And so book three climaxes there. I'm really spoiling things, but yeah, so <laughs> I can like uh, stuff out if you want me to. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's uh, so it's kind of like that's like a that's like their first goal is to get there, and so I can definitely see why it feels like okay that like it. it so it was just all building. The first three books are all building towards that place, and now we're kind of starting a new dynamic. We get a new person joins the party in book four, and so and that there's some tension there. And a lot of character stuff. There's a, it's a very introspective book, I think, compared to some of the other ones, especially for, uh, I think Yudin. Yudin has a lot of growing he needs to do in book four, um, that he kind of started in book three, but like it really finishes for him in book four. And um, and then book yeah. five, I introduce more new characters, so it's a kind of a little slow. Then book six is kind of uh, almost like 
just straight uh, doesn't it doesn't like book six kind of feels pretty unrelent like doesn't let up on the gas and it's kind of I don't know maybe builds towards another little climax and yeah I think kind of that's how the series is structured that like every third book I hope kind of will feel like a very much change of what's going on but so again like every box set ends in that big exciting climax that's sort of the goal yeah uh, well it wasn't a goal i think that's just how it turned out lucky accident mm-hmm. i love that happens okay but yeah like because book seven is also another slow book especially in the beginning because it, it's very much like i'm i'm letting you breathe again after book six which was sure. a very hectic book did you have you were gonna go um somewhere else right you had another another question no that was my question i just wanted to know about the uh reasoning behind the 12 books and how he came to that oh oh okay um i usually have a sense how long i want a series to be when i start Hmm. and this was the first one where i didn't really know how long it was going to be when i started but i just knew it was long (laughs) (laughs) at any point in the process where you just like could you not see the end of the tunnel or did you always have that like you said after book six, you realized the ending. From that point on, could you sort of see the end in sight? Or was there any time you're like, God, am I ever going to finish this? I never felt like, God, am I ever okay. going to finish it? Not with this one. Um, the Storm Below, I did. That one, definitely. Okay. But um, no, I kind of I kind of had, so I kind of was picking up on sort of the themes that I had been writing into the first books and realized kind of what the finale had to be all about. And um, what was going to happen there, and um, I, I don't know, I just sort of made connected dots of things I had set up, and I kind of used them in maybe ways I didn't initially intend them to be used when I started book one, but uh, they were there, and they were perfect for what I needed them to be for the finale, so it'll feel very thought out. Okay. Uh, actually, I do have one more question, Michael. I'm sorry. It just hit me. As someone who has yet to finish a series, but knows how they're all going to end, how bittersweet was the ending? Or was it just a relief to write that, like, last the end? It sucked. I really like, I've been writing these characters for two years. And when I wrote that, I mean, I'm done. They're not going to write any more stories with them. Um, I was afraid that'd be the answer. Okay. Well, that's what happened to me, too, with, um, like, this was something I think we were going to, I just I want to touch on it a little bit, but um, when I, yeah, I yeah. when 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 I finished um, Jamie the Captain, which was the uh, when I finished outlining it, and when I got back, you know, James's chapters, and you know, went through all the changes, and and I realized that that was the end, and I had specifically said, you know, we've got to I've got to move on because every every series had so many cameos, and it was so meta, and it was just um, and it was I, I love it, and I love the characters, but uh, I wanted to try something different. And, um, but when I got to the end of that book, um, it took me two days to realize that maybe I wasn't as done as I thought. Is that why you decided you'd have to have a 13th book is because you're going to miss him too much? Well, yeah, actually. I fully expect there to be a 14th book and a 15th book. (laughs) (laughs) No, there, there won't. I, um, somebody, somebody said, actually, I said this and, and people actually said, oh my God, you should do this. I'm like a um, like a Montreal guy uh, named Phil takes in a koala uh, and has to look for eucalyptus for him. Um, and they get into a whole bunch of adventures. Uh, the name working title, um, Phil and the Admiral. 
And I have like 30 people saying, oh, my God, that sounds so amazing. You should do that. And of course, none of them have read Max and the Captain yet. Um, yeah. And a lot of them didn't even know it, it was a thing yet because it's not out yet. Um, but in, in reality, mm-hmm. no, they're, they're, Amber was so the uh, the outline I'm putting together. Um, that was the reason I asked James, the reason I asked um, when you would be starting on it is because the outline I'm putting together for this is, is a lot different than the um, than the other books in the series, because it's a parallel story that basically tells the story from a first person perspective of everything that happened um, off page, beginning with her past and going all the way up to basically where Jamie, the captain ends. Um, and she kind of tells the story because that's kind of the only way it can be done because um, there's a reason why the story can't be told in the same way anymore because of what happens at the end of book 12. Um, and it's not going to be a funny outline. Like it's, it's um, it'll probably be the most intense book uh, in the series, but I just wanted to, ha- I, I've always wanted to try writing uh, from the perspective of a female character. And I thought that um, the way this character ends up at the end of the 12th book, there was just a lot of cool stuff to explore, like how she got there, because it's all it's all stuff that happens off page. And that's the only reason. But I don't I don't think I have any other characters I could possibly write in that series. Um, So I don't think there will be a 14th and 15th. You did spend an afternoon on Facebook trolling me about it, though. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Did I? Yes. <laughs> he wanted to. He wanted to write a Mr. Kim. Wait, was it Mr. Kim? Oh, no, Mr. no, no. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Funny. Lee. So we have a Mr. Lee yeah, book. Mr. Mr. Lee. So Matt, I, I was like, no, he's he's not a character. You can't you can't do that. He's a plot device. Yeah. So we yeah. have this we have this this character that that it's actually. Um, like he's he's basically a takeoff of the owner of the the Asian supermarket down the street from me, um, okay. and his name's Mr. Lee, and he's he's only, he's kind of only in the story uh, because um, in Max and the Captain, uh, that's where they go to try and find bamboo for Max, and then something happens and there's a little wheeling and dealing between the Captain and Mr. Lee to become his supplier, and that's that's really the only point of the character. So I, I put this cover design, uh, this, this like fake cover that didn't look like any of our other covers. And I called it Mr. Lee with a silhouette of a dude that kind of looks like our other books, but in black. And I just sent it to James. <laughs> How did you react to that, James? I said, no, okay. no, not doing this. He's not a character. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I. Th- but that, he could be. The he could be. Right. He could be. <laughs> <laughs> the softening of that of that was that it was obviously not in our like I did it and it's it's obviously not in our artistic you know the the same style of any of our other books so I thought maybe that would that would give it away um, but yeah just getting back to that whole point of of you saying how much it sucked to be finished writing um, writing you know Voni and and Yudan and um, you know the characters in that series it uh, shockingly really sucked for me as well so I totally know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's uh it's hard to say goodbye. Um, that's that's how people get terrible sequels to things that shouldn't have had sequels to them, because the um the author just couldn't let them go and didn't have like a good enough reason to tell more stories with them. I mean, it's cool if you have a story to tell, but not just to tell one. So I wanted to ask you, um, a lot of people, you know, 
if you ask, you know, what's next for you, uh, they would say, oh, you know, I have a, um, you know, a book coming out in six months and it's this or whatever. Um, so to ask that question, because I know you plan really far out in this series is, is I know how much you, you enjoy writing and how much you write. Um, have you started uh, thinking about what uh, is going to happen after? Um, like, I know a little bit about it, but other people don't. They might be interested, like what what you're going to put out after Shadow of the Dragon? Shadow of the Dragon? Uh, well, well, probably release Assassins of Illumination. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, right. We still got to release those three books, but um, they keep getting pushed away <laughs> by shine, new shiny things. Have you um, them yet? Oh, they're written, they're published, okay. and they got covered. I, I like, assume. Just I could drop them. I could drop them tomorrow. <laughs> so what's the next but writing project? So it's an untitled Dragon Knight, Dragon Rider, Dragon something series. Um, I have five main characters, sort of ideas for them, kind of all pretty. I think I think I got a pretty good grasp on on them and their backstory. Um, I'm building the world right now. So I'm kind of simulating history at the moment. It's really boring stuff. Um, but I'm kind of just sort of uh, simulating the history and naming stuff with made-up names. And the, I think that all sound terrible. And I hate my made-up names. And then people are like, I like your made-up names. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and um, and you start with uh, the map is like the map of the world. is like the, the very first yeah. thing, right? Uh, after I came up with sort of the concept for it. So I had... Um, I knew the sort of, I had the idea for it for a while. Like I've been thinking about it, I think for like six months, uh, just sort of the basic idea of it. Um, and by that, I mean, Dragon Knights. Didn't really get beyond that. Uh, I just didn't have That's the mental, I just didn't have the time to really devote to it. So it was just kind of like it, it was there. But um, but uh, yeah, no, I've, I've so I kind of came out with sort of the, the foundational stuff and the main character. I kind of knew all that. Then I drew a world map, and and uh, now I'm just sort of uh, kind of simulating history, um, and kind of having these people spread out and having how their culture changes, and you know get some different uh, religions. That was kind of the thing that uh, Shadow of the Dragon has a very kind of very homogenous religion, which is because I didn't want there to be a bunch of crazy religions because it was like there are the people that call them they're the gods, and the people that think the gods aren't real, and so I didn't want more than that. I would just muddy the water. So, but this one, there's going to be, and it's all kind of religions that have all kind of sprung off from the same mythos, but how they kind of changed in different ways and how people focused on different aspects or mutated, like the roles of the sort of heroic characters as they sort of become mythicized and deified sort of idea um, as we kind of move into the present. And um, there might be guns. I haven't decided yet, but there will be dragons. And, that's awesome kind of like a flintlock fantasy sort of thing well it won't be black powder guns it'll be magic guns even better but uh, i don't i don't know for sure um so but anyways i got i have an idea for sort of antagonists and i have uh some ideas for some monsters i have a crazy idea of a an eternal rain cloud that just sort of wanders the world but it rains salt water and so it can really wreck your day if uh it decides to just linger over your fields and dump salt water on it and then you're you know your croplands are ruined. So one of the thi- yeah one of the things I actually look what when the reason I was I was stoked about this especially after Shadow of the Dragons and and after um, Above the Storm is is um your for your um 
your other races or the the kind of creatures that you throw in that are um are for just maybe in some ways comic relief like i kind of i at the beginning i i, I kind of thought that the shrub men were were sort of the comic relief but as the story gets a little bit more intense um they become a little bit less funny but um i really enjoy like in the luastria um race and uh like the race of bird people in the storm below um whenever they were on page i always found that to be like some of the most fascinating stuff you do yeah um it's just gonna be humans and dragons in this one i'm afraid not doing a bunch of crazy races gotta alternate that kind of think of some new because I, I i use some crazy races in shadow and uh oh, definitely and uh so i have like my worms which are they're fun they're hermaphrodites and they use pronouns that make writing confusing and um, and uh yeah and you'll get to meet one one will be joining the party one day um and uh and there's uh the sort of drake men i have the i have the lizard people in storm below and one of my great regrets is i didn't really use them much um you see a little bit of them from now and then but never had one as like a major character um didn't ever get to see their pov i didn't really so i kind of took this as an opportunity to kind of like do a redo on them to sort of have them back and uh get to have fun with them and uh and yeah and then i have my shrub people i really like my shrub people cool um well i mean it, it all it all sounds amazing i love i love reading your stuff so i'm, I'm obviously stoked to uh hear about this one uh, this new one as it progresses as well jenkins do you have any other questions uh no i don't think so i think i covered everything i wanted to all right james why don't you um tell everybody listening where they can find out uh everything about you and your work um and uh yeah and how they should tune in yeah um you can connect with me on facebook and my uh facebook group uh fantastic worlds of the imagination um i'm on twitter uh jmd read uh i have a blog jmd-read.com uh, I do a podcast called Authors in Focus. I interview indie authors. Um, you can find that on the the Fantasy Sci-Fi Focus blog, and uh, I'll post about it on Facebook. Yeah, that's uh, that's about it. And of course, you can find my books on Amazon. JMD Reed. That's R E I D. Awesome. Yeah. And there's there's going to be in the in the Fantasy Sci-Fi Focus group um, on February 22nd. Uh, we're going to be doing a little launch party. Uh, in conjunction with a, a big giveaway event I'm doing, uh, the entire day on the group is going to focus on the launch of uh, Foundation of Courage, Shadow of the Dragons, book one. So if you're listening and you want to, you know, get a chance to maybe uh, win some some free ebooks uh, to check out Foundation of Courage, um, or maybe even be one lucky person, one of two lucky people to win a signed paperback, if you are a very good participant to the event that's february 22nd at fantasy hyphen uh sci-fi focus uh on facebook and it's going to be happening from probably around 10 o'clock in the morning until 1 30 in the morning wow it'll be a blast all right well james it's been awesome as always to have you on yes and, it has uh, good luck <laughs> good luck with uh the with this series and all your writing thank you Take care. Yeah, you too.
back. Um, that was JMD Reed, James Reed. Uh, once again, uh, always a really, really uh, great, informative um, uh, interview. He, he always has so much to say about his books. Yeah. Um, about the whole process, about the characters, about, um, so, you know, like when you ask some authors like who their favorite character is or you tell them, they'll say, yeah, she's great. But um, I kind of know with him because he loves his he loves his characters and gets so into them that yeah. he's gonna he's gonna really walk you through those characters and make you kind of get to know them. So. And I gotta be honest, I was kind of hoping you'd have a different answer when I asked him if uh, you know, how it felt finishing the series when he said it it sucked. I was like, damn. Oh yeah. Because I, I figured know. a couple months ago, I figured out the uh, ending for my Jack Bloodfist series, and just thinking about how it was gonna end made me sad. Yeah, I was hoping I'd be over um, that by the time I wrote it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, on one hand, I'm. 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 I mean, spoilers, kind of, but um, we're not um, into down note endings. Um, yeah. With our stuff, it's uh, meant to make you feel good at the end of the day, even if you've got moments where you feel decrepit and horrible. Um, yeah. But um, so I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm happy with the ending and everything. Kind of worked out the way I wanted it to, and you know, we kind of put the toys back in the uh in the chest you know what i mean yeah um but but it just sucks it just sucks to not um to know you're not gonna use those characters anywhere yeah i mean i'm looking forward to finishing some series but i'm not at the same time so you'll do it this year i i I think that uh the plan with the the remarketing relaunch box set yeah 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 um, is, I, I think it'll probably be early next year, but the uh, the Jack and Mickey, or at least the first first four Jack books and the seven Mickey books will be finished. Yeah, well. And then I have eight more books in that series that I will write to finish Jack's story. Well, I mean, I can definitely um, post an online challenge. Um, <laughs> get seven books written in uh, six months. Yeah, I think I can do it. I uh, My Christmas novella this year, I wrote the whole thing in one week. So I'm hoping I have some really detailed outlines of the whole series ready to go. So I'm hoping I can just sit down and muscle through it. So we'll see. That would be James, awesome. James is an inspiration, though. So I'm, I'm going to just yeah, so try to follow his example. So, Clint, if you're listening, um, that was the guy that, that asked the yeah. smart questions. Next, we're going to find out he actually meant James Owen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I talked to him today, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, I'm going to be bringing him on uh, my group to do a QA. and a Oh, good. Yeah, I'm going to probably seeing him next weekend. He's the Toastmaster at that conference I'm going to. So. Is that the Superstars? The Life, Universe, and Everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, conference is called. yeah, he's the Toastmaster for that one. I'm sure he's doing a bunch of conventions this year. but. Yeah, he's at one right now with um, Craig Martell and um, Kevin J. Anderson, I think. Okay, yeah. I think. Karen Jansen is going to be there as well. I'm pretty excited for it. I've got five panels I'm going to be on. So That's awesome. Sounds good. All right, man. Um, so I think that's it. Um, yeah. So uh, everybody, good night. And uh, go read a book. <laughs>